It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on FM 104 and every week we chat to an artist with the first gig they ever went to. This week we're joined by Halion. Hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for chatting to us. So what was the first gig you ever went to? The first gig I ever went to, I had to have a think about this. Um, it was actually the Pixies and Kings of Leon in Lansdowne Road. Oh, nice. 2005, so I had to look that up as well. But um, <laughs> that would have been the first like big concert that I went to. And I, the Kings of Leon were headlining, but I was there for Pixies. I was a huge Pixies fan, so I felt very cool being a teenager at that gig. <laughs> What was it about the gig that has kind of stuck with you? Was it the fact that you got to see the Pixies? Yeah, for sure. And like, I would have been a fan of both bands, but the Pixies were, you know, one that grabbed me. Yeah. But it was also, I was a teenager at it and I got to go like with my bigger sister and her friends. So I felt really cool in that way as well. But do you know when you haven't been to many concerts? Because at that time, all the reviews and everything after the concert were how boring the Pixies were. Okay. But I was like, do you know, not, the boring like they're you know they're indie royalty but yeah, like they just course. stand there yeah. as you know in their old old lady jumper and old man jumper <laughs> and you know, they didn't do anything but I was just like I was hearing you know it was also my first CD was Pixies Doolittle mm-hmm. so I was just there hearing all my favourite songs live and so blown away but they just stood there except the drummer you know but like yeah. they just stood there they didn't even try to perform so I, I remember people talking about that after how it was so boring and in my head I was like oh my god it was amazing That's <laughs> so interesting because I suppose people got so used to having like the bells and whistles and dancers and, and costume yeah. changes whereas they were just like we're here to give you the music and that's exactly what <laughs> we want to do <laughs> Exactly and then there's so much drama in that band anyway where they're all hating each other they'd only got back together for this run of, you know all this stuff with yeah. the lead singer being really difficult to work with so they're probably just getting through it and then like <laughs> me not knowing any of that or maybe some of the younger fans just being delighted to be there in our Pixies t-shirts and you know your pink strips and your hair or whatever yeah. we were doing you're probably better off not knowing all that drama <laughs> yeah yeah and I just loved it and I remember Kings of Leon were so energetic as well mm. But I was done already with. And it came back to me, New York Dolls were another support and I hadn't thought about them in forever. So it was a great lineup. Yeah. And I don't think I've been to another gig in Lansdowne Road since either. <laughs> At that point, had you already started music yourself? Yeah, well, I would have played since I was like a kid, like in just trad music with my dad. And in, um, I grew up in County Clare and NS Youth Centre had a big music project when we were teenagers. So their goal was to get kids into lessons and on stage as much as possible so I was so lucky to be involved in that so I was actually on stage all the time but this would have been like me and teenage friends doing you know Nirvana covers and (laughs) things like that so yeah I felt like that's why I was trying to think what would actually be my first gig because I would have been at a million gigs all the time that was you know some people grow up with sport or this that or the other like I grew up with music but yeah the first concert big concert would have been the Pixies but yeah, we would have been gigging before that. <laughs> and for yourself then, what was your first gig to play? Um, 
Yeah, so as well like that, it would have been trad gigs as a kid. And then growing up, my first kind of bigger gig in Dublin as like a college student was with a band called This Other Kingdom. I don't know if you know those guys. Mm -hmm. And we played in the academy supporting the funeral suits. So that was really exciting. And then my first gig where I was doing originals and songs that I was writing was with Pine the Pilk Row in Dublin as well. And I think it was The Pint. I was trying to remember, I think, and that's changed name now, or was it the Wiley Fox at the time, or whatever name it was under, (laughs) that was ours, and that could have been, oh, it could have been like 2014, or I'm not really sure on that, but that was my first gig. (laughs) Did you enjoy it? Do you remember enjoying it? Loved it, Mm. and the difference with all of the things kind of building up through the years was trad music is trad where you're in a community and you're in, you know, the session that you're playing mm-hmm. and you kind of forget about the audience. Then you start moving to the NS, NS music project, the youth center project. And it was all very focused on get up and perform and do it. And you're out of your comfort zone and we're all pretending to be rock stars and I'm singing mm-hmm. stuff. I've no business singing, you know, and you are actually performing. Yeah. Um, and obviously for me, it would have been more acoustic stuff. And then, I was playing like electric fiddle in the background of this other kingdom and they were all way cooler than me. And then it's like I found myself with Pine the Pilker and the more relaxed and gentle side of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a mix of you go into your own world with the trad, you close your eyes, you do it and you're performing. So I found that with Pine the Pilker, it was a mix where, yes, you are performing and you say your little bit about the song, but then it's also we're in tune with each other. So that was just my own trajectory of how it all came together yeah. i'm sure lots can relate as well electric fiddle that sounds cool oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of like um you know the difference between electric guitar and acoustic guitar yeah it's much easier to play like the tension is a lot gentler and it's a lot more sensitive it's much easier to play so i think they'd only have me like just you know holding a note or just playing one note really okay. really fast but it's just as effective in a in an ensemble do you, know, you have your place and you can obviously plug it in and do effects. And so I wasn't really playing very much. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, do you feel about trad now kind of seeping into mainstream? I love it so much. My new project, um, Haleon, has that as well. So I, I love um, like Scandinavian pop, mm-hmm. like Scandi pop. Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to emulate that. But because I can't help that I sound traditional in my singing and then I'm from a traditional background in the fiddle I think that was coming through naturally anyways just started to embrace it but I love hearing it because we've heard it for years with like kind of the Americana and the transatlantic sessions and all that kind of stuff and then you hear people really amp it up in the more touristy side but it's nice that it's kind of fallen and found its places it's just normal in our ears yeah. to have like a whistle solo or baron on a pop song or I think it's great and it reminds us of because everything, obviously, the quality of producers is just increasing all the time and everything is getting really, really produced. And I remember, I've gone off in a few different rounds here, sorry, but I remember my ear being able to hear autotune really, like, quickly wow. on the radio or something, whereas now you don't anymore. You know, things become so normal. Like, yeah. you could you could relate it to how filtered our photos are and how we've normalised that in our mind's eye and stuff. But I think 
it's nice to hear trad coming in because then when it is really synthetic and maybe overproduced, maybe that's the purpose or, you know, maybe that's a good thing, but you can hear it. And I think it just grounds you into music again. It just reminds you because you're picturing someone playing trad straight away. So for me personally, it reminds me, oh, they're all musicians and you can pick this apart. It's not just one sound that's hitting you because it's so perfectly blended. Mm -hmm. And like, I prefer being able to hear harmonies or maybe the timing of a harmony isn't completely correct in the end mix of something. So with the songs that I'm putting out now, I obviously you ask for you know feedback from your friends. So I had a few trusted friends that I was sending all the demos to and one of them was saying like, Oh, you know, like the fiddle just you know, it's not blended into the rest or anything mm-hmm. and I was like, Yeah, I want that. You know, and I think that's the rawness the there. Yeah. Yeah, because the rest of it is so amazingly produced. So James Smith produced it for me, so I'm really lucky. He made a lot of the music for it as well. Um, and the last single that I put out watching from outside, he has a really class low whistle solo on it. Mm-hmm. So that's very trad. And um, so he's a huge part in it. And his producing in the reviews was the thing that stood out the most. It's like, oh, it's lovely. It's wonderfully produced or whatever. But I, I do like that my voice isn't overproduced. And it could have been because it could have been more, I could have gone more down like a London grammar route or yeah. something like that, not mm-hmm. to compare myself. But I like the juxtaposition of those things in music. And I think trad is making that really popular because we'll hear that. It's, I think that brings me back to your question. But I think it's allowed. You know, we hear it because yeah. we know, and it brings us into a world of a session or being on Ackle Island or whatever it is. Yeah. It brings us there and our ear accepts it more so than if you're like, oh, that's not mixed properly. Yeah, because so people are so used to harmonies mm-hmm. being so mixed that it almost sounds like one voice and to the untrained ear, maybe you're not picking them out. I prefer the kind of, you know, like a country harmony or, you know, like first aid kit or something yeah. where you can hear all the parts and it's not perfect, but it is perfect, you know, because what, what does that mean in music anyway? Absolutely. Totally agree. Tell us about Watching From Outside, the new single. Yeah, so that was, so that was about my dad. So he passed away during the pandemic. So that song was about holding his hand in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And originally it was really slow and very acoustic. And then I was just like, I could never get through it. Do you know, you get a lump mm-hmm. in your throat. It's like, I'll never get through the song. So it became a pop song just to be able to sing it because I yeah. thought doing it live. But it became its own thing then. So I think the further, the more time that passes and the further you get away from when you've actually written it, the more okay you are with it completely changing and you're not, you know, you're not as... Um, kind of sensitive with the lyrics or the content so then after a while it's like oh this will become its own thing and lyrics are ambiguous in places and people are always going to project their own meaning onto a song anyway but um, yeah it was about like me and my brother were there and he you know he's on a lot of drugs and stuff in the Mm -hmm. hospital and he's saying crazy things to us but it was really it was an amazing experience as well as like heart-wrenching but yeah, it was like otherworldly and like you could feel yourself between the two worlds, whatever people believe spiritually or mm-hmm. anything like that. We were all sleep deprived and that's what we felt at the time. So that was what the song was about, kind of passing over. So was it nice? I don't know if that comes through. <laughs> it does. Was it nice to get it into a song? It ha- I had to. Yeah. Like it, there was no, there was nothing else. Like I didn't sit down and be like, I'll write a song about this experience. It just kind of happened. And that, you know, that's a story as old as time with musicians. Mm-hmm. But it's cathartic. It's a way to process it. it. Didn't make me feel better, but it just had to. It just feels like you're, like a sneeze. You just have to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. it definitely helped me to process it. And 
even like it was a poem at first that like a slightly different poem that I read at my dad's funeral. Um, I, I feel weird saying funeral because he had a concert for his send off. He, mm. he really didn't want a funeral. So I read it at that um, and it became a song later. But yeah, definitely it was a nice way to process some of the feelings. Yeah, I can imagine. So and you've also brought back the, back the conservatory sessions as well. Yes, I remember talking to you about that a few yeah, years ago now. It was a while ago um, now, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, the pandemic doesn't help that. But yeah, they are pop-up gigs with secret acts and secret locations. And I've moved to Donegal since, so they've come with me out of Dublin <laughs> to Donegal. And we had our first one, and it's always going to be a different location. So this first one was in a really cool cheese and wine shop in a place called Remelton which is a really cool little town in Donegal as well. Nice. And it was just gorgeous. Yeah, like, it, you know, lots of glass, lots of twinkly lights. Secret location, you're sent, kind of the way Home Beach would operate, or so far sounds, you're sent mm-hmm. the location within the week before. And, yeah, it was gorgeous because it was a cheese and wine shop, the man that owns the place. And Des is his name. He's a, a wonderful eccentric character. He was bringing around like sugared almonds and chili covered almonds. And oh, excellent. And to every, yeah, so it was it was a different conservatory session but in a great way. <laughs> Everyone was well and, fed. <laughs> yeah, and the act, oh my God, I don't know if you've, I'm sure George Houston has come on your radar. Mm-hmm. He's kind of, um, I think he's like 20 or he's an up and coming, but he's amazing. So he played and then. John Doherty, who was previously known as Little Hours, he mm-hmm. played. So it's always amazing acts. Um, Aaron, and then we had actually just a trad set. So Shay Sweeney, who would have been the drummer in Pine the Bill Crow, he played a trad set with his dad and his brother, and it was just amazing. So oh, gorgeous. And, yeah. and the next one is at Christmas, with nice. a secret location somewhere else in Donegal. <laughs> How can people find out more about your music, but also about the sessions too? Yeah, conservatory sessions. Um, I just keep it to Instagram because the guest list always fills very quickly, so I mm-hmm. haven't bothered to open up to TikTok or anything like that. So it's just conservatory sessions on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then the music is Haleon, so H-A-Y-L-E-O-N, and that's TikTok and Instagram and Spotify and SoundCloud and all those places. <laughs> Excellent. Haleon, thank you so much for chatting to us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Great to chat to you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.